I really wish I could be one of those girls that loves doing cardio. That's like every morning I need to get up and I need to run 10 miles. But I genuinely prefer rotting in bed. Listening to audiobooks probably is the only way that I get any steps in. A story that just makes any type of repetitive activity better is my favorite kind of story. And my absolute favorite go-to platform to use is Audible. I love Audible because of their unparalleled selection. They've got thousands of titles to choose from. They have audiobooks across every genre from thrillers to romance novels to self-help books but they also have podcasts guided wellness programs theatrical performances comedy originals i'm a thriller girly so i'm currently listening to a flicker in the dark by stacy willingham and the story follows a psychologist named chloe she moved to baton rouge to get away from the family's dark history chloe's dad is in prison for the kidnapping and murder of six young girls who went missing when chloe was a kid so there's a lot to unpack already chloe is the reason her dad got arrested she found this charm belonging to one of the victims in her dad's closet. But there are some things that just don't add up about the investigation. And just when Chloe feels like she's finally moving on from the past, a series of copycat murders start happening in Baton Rouge, forcing Chloe to dig up the past. The story is so fast-paced. I love it. And there are so many red herrings. Anyone can be a suspect, including Chloe's own husband, her brother. I've been listening to portions of this audiobook for about 30 minutes every single morning while I go out for a little light, I want to say jog, but right now it's more of a walk. And listening to audiobooks always sets me up to be more productive and creative throughout the day. So if you're looking for a way to spice up your cardio sessions or just be more inspired, sometimes I just play it and I rot in bed anyway. I just lay there and I listen to it and it's so good. I highly recommend using Audible. Audible members can keep one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible now for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash baking or text baking to 500-500. That's audible.com slash baking or text baking to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Um... A bada bing bada bam. Welcome to this week's Bacon a Mystery, Bacon a Murder episode. Listen, this is part three of Marry My Husband. And I'm going to give you guys a quick little recap in case you have not watched the first two episodes. Here is the brief recap. But I go highly advise go watching those because this is probably one of my favorite shows of all time since like all of 2024. This is my favorite show. I know we're only two months into 2024, but I don't think it's going to be beat. So in case you missed the first two episodes, here's the recap. Gia Kang was diagnosed with terminal stomach cancer and she was practically on her uh, on her deathbed when she found out that her deadbeat husband was having an affair with Gia's own who lifelong best friend. That's who. Imagine the level of trauma that comes from finding your husband and your best friend laying in bed together in their undies. Not only that, but their giggle gaggling, their foreplay, their version of foreplay is to giggle gaggle about how they are going to get a fat insurance policy out against you and they're going to buy a house together once you're dead. Is that like the worst type of betrayal? Yeah. Does it get even worse than that? No. (laughs) Maybe like your mom. I don't know. Like, what? Like, instead of your best friend, it's like your mom. What? (laughs) 
Gia ends up confronting her husband, Michael, and her best friend, Stacy, and they kill her. Now, not to worry, though, because this is a K-drama. Gia's dead dad revives himself somehow, comes back, saves Gia, and is like, I'm going to send you back to 2013, 10 years in the past. This is before she even married Michael. This She's still friends with Stacy. They all still work at the same place. There's, she's dating Michael, but she hasn't married him. She hasn't even been diagnosed with stomach cancer yet. Gia is literally given a second chance at life, but there's a rule. There's a condition, a universal situation, if you will. Everything that happens in the future has to happen again. It doesn't necessarily have to happen to the same people. I mean, this means that if Gia got cheated on, got cancer and died in the future, now she needs to find someone to take her fate or else it will be her again. So Gia just kind of decides, yeah, take my best friend. She's like, Stacy's going to have my fate. So even the stomach cancer too? I think everything. Hmm, someone needs to get stomach cancer because the universe is all about balance like there's a reason someone in that office probably got stomach cancer i don't know not like a reason on their fault but like you get it in the balance Mm -hmm. perspective everything needs to be balanced so it's very fascinating now gia is going to struggle through this whole process because she needs to make sure that someone else takes her fate but i have a feeling i really hope that she doesn't turn into like a morally upstanding main character that's like no i can't do it because i'm a good person i'm not like them because right now I like Gia a lot. She's focused on her survival. She's like, "Mm -mm, I'm here to thrive. And she's got a hot guardian angel. I don't think he's hot. I don't think he's hot because I only think my husband is hot. Tall CEO, Mr. Richard CEO. I don't know. Okay. Listen, (laughs) Richard is Gia's general manager at work, but he also happens to secretly be a Timor. He's the grandson of the company's chairman, meaning Richard is the future CEO of the company. When Gia died from cancer or when she was murdered by her husband and her best friend, he was the CEO. He's extremely rich, strong, sexy, competent, charming, obsessed with Gia. Uh, Why is he obsessed with her? Because in a previous episode, we found out that Richard and Gia had actually met years ago, back when they're both in college. That was just shortly after Gia's dad died and Gia's boyfriend had broken up with her. And it's implied that even her last boyfriend was interested in Stacy. So they broke up and it was a whole mess. She got so drunk one night to the point where she was barely conscious. She was staggering down the street, literally runs into Richard and he can't just leave her like that because the girl is a danger to herself and society. So he spends the night on the park grass with her, listening to her problems and he falls for her because she's... Not like other girls. Anyway, (laughs) Gia was so drunk that she doesn't even remember Richard. But obviously, he spends the rest of his life hoping that she's going to notice him because they end up working at the same place. They ended up going to the same college. Like, why is Korea so small in K-dramas? But it still doesn't explain how Richard seems to know so many details of Gia's life and how he always seems to pop up exactly when Gia needs help. And we're about to find out. At the end of the last episode, Gia and Richard were standing on the balcony of their company building, looking over the city of Seoul when they start talking about BTS. Bro, (laughs) BTS is how they revealed to each other that they're both from the future. She's like, I love my song. My favorite song is Dynamite, but I can't find it anywhere. And he was like, oh yeah, mine's Spring Day. (gasps) Are you? Da-da-da. Back from the future. (laughs) So in present time, Gia is standing face to face with Richard on the rooftop balcony. But the sun is set completely. I mean, they're standing overlooking the city skyline on the rooftop. They've been here since lunch break. 
Yeah, they don't work. So after this dynamite revelation, they've been standing here and Gia's catching Richard up to speed on everything that's happened since her death. And Richard is confused. He's like, wait, wait, wait. So Michael has to marry Stacy. Yes, if they don't, then I'll end up having to marry him and then I'll get cancer and then I'll be killed at the hands of my best friend and my husband. The inevitable will happen. You didn't know? I didn't know. I mean, nothing in my life has changed much. Well, just a few things like sending LB to the reunion to clear the air for you. Oh, so that's why LB came. But how did you know that the reunion was at the restaurant? Because I went to your funeral. Oh, my funeral. How, how was it? My funeral. It was sad. A lot of people had their regrets. He's definitely just talking about himself. And Gia, no, she's like, you're lying. I can just imagine it. No one would have been sad or regretting anything. It would have been like, I guess someone died. I guess I remember her, but now she's gone. I guess to that degree. Gia's like getting tears in her eyes. Shall we talk somewhere else? I feel like this might take a while. So Richard and Gia leave work and he drives her over to his place. I mean, she's going to his house. And just to give you some context of how nice this house is, it's a high rise condo overlooking the entire city. But Richard's parking spot is the one closest to the elevator. Listen, if you've ever lived in a condo building, that is status symbol right there. Elevator, parking spot right next to the elevator. Those are reserved. Those are VIP parking spots. The rest of the parking spots aren't even taken. So who knows? Maybe he bought out the whole building. Okay, sorry. Going back to it, did he explain how he time traveled back? Like what happened to him? Nothing. We don't know. Well, we know that he got into a car accident and died. Oh, and then he traveled back. Yeah, but we're about to find out how he traveled back. Back. Richard reverse parks his SUV. One hand, okay? Opens the passenger door for Gia, like the proper gentleman that he is. And the whole place is giving five-star hotel. The door from the parking garage to the elevator is literally gold-plated like Versace. Like it looks like a Versace design is on there. He opens the front door of his place, but Gia's hesitating because... Technically, this is her boss. This is totally unprofessional to even know where he lives, let alone walk into his personal space like this. But he gives her a smile and asks her to come in. So she's like, okay. (laughs) They take off their shoes. They head into the main hallway and Gia is just following his footsteps down this gorgeously decorated apartment. Everything is ambient lighting. There is no overhead lights, no big lights, all small lights. They're in the walls. They're illuminating the floors. It's like he threw his credit card at an interior designer and said, yeah, no limit. That's what happened. But Gia doesn't even notice it all because she's not like other girls, okay? (laughs) Because something greets her as soon as she walks in. A cute orange cat. And her face lights up, but Richard snatches the cat away from her, picks him up, and he the cat is like trying to wiggle out of Richard's grip to get back to Gia. And Gia's like, oh, you're so cute. You can put him down. I really love cats. Well, he doesn't really love people. But the cat jumps out of his arms and starts gravitating towards Gia and is giving her little kisses on her hand. And Gia is completely hyper-focused on this cat and Richard looks confused. Well, I, I thought he didn't. Would you like coffee or tea? Anything is fine. You know, I'm really, really good with cheesy tabby cats. So Richard smirks over at her and he's just like happy to see her smiling. But then his smile fades when he gets an unavoidable flashback to his car accident where he dies for a brief second. Because I think this is when Richard realizes someone's got to die because he died too. 
She was just telling him the inevitable is inevitable. Oh, so he's got to play the same game. Yes, either he dies or someone has to die in his place. He's just oh. now realizing it. So he has a flashback when his car is flipping over like the middle cones. It's a lot. I mean, he just learned that he's going to die again like two minutes ago. So we can let him have his little main character moments. And I honestly feel like if he hadn't died, he would have died in Gia's place. But that still leaves one left because both of them died. So that's two. He can't just die for Gia. Someone needs to die for him as well. And if he dies for Gia, who knows? Maybe Gia dies because of him. And then they're both dead again. So Gia's sitting down on the super sleek, expensive looking couch. And Richard brings her a cup of tea and he's got a glass of whiskey. Is it not avoidable then? What if you avoid it? Break up with Michael or cut ties with Stacy? I tried, but Michael would have a fit if I try to break up with him. If he ends up killing me in 10 years, who's to say that he's not just going to do it now when I break up with him, you know? Well, what if you run away? I wanted to. When I came back, everything was so scary. I just wanted to run and forget everything and go somewhere else. But realistically, it's not possible. You can pick up and leave only when you have financial freedom. But you can run away now. I can help you. Daddy got money. <laughs> Daddy said I can solve all your financial problems. <laughs> but she knows that there's so much more to that than that. She's like, that's right. But I found out something. I can't stop anything by running away. Okay, so I used to have this scar here on my arm and I was burned by a coffee pot. Gia grabs his arm, remember, because he has that scar now. Mm -hmm. You got hurt instead of me. The shape of the scar is exactly the same. So Richard is spiraling now. This is proof, okay? A death for a death, a scar for a scar. He loses his grip on the glass of whiskey he was holding and it just slips and dramatically breaks on the floor. Gia's instinct is to reach down and grab it, but he grabs her wrists and they just make eye contact and it's kind of hot, kind of sad. <laughs> Was it like slow-mo and everything? No. That's a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard's looking at his scar like, so if I didn't get hurt, eventually it would happen to you? She's like, yes, avoiding it is inevitable. Either way, the inevitable will happen. If I don't give my fate to somebody else, then a wound for a wound, a marriage for a marriage, and a death. Exactly, for a death. So I'm not going to run away and... By the way, how did you come back? I thought I died, but I had woken up and found out that it was 2013. Richard's like, I just fell asleep and I woke up and all of a sudden it was 2013. So he doesn't want to burden her with the fact that he also died. Like we know he's hiding the truth because we get a flashback to the car accident in that moment. And he definitely did not just fall asleep. Like man died in a car accident. It, his, his car was doing a front flip into the air. It's not even like a quick little beep beep fender bender situation. So they both look at each other like, what are we going to do? But Richard gets another flashback in this moment. It's a dark and rainy night of Gia's burial her funeral. He's the only one there to have her ashes put into the memorial thingy. And usually at moments like this, everyone is there crying, holding on to each other, mourning. But Richard is the only one there. No one else showed up for her. She has no family. Her husband and best friend have been arrested for her murder. This poor girl has no friends and family. Nothing? Nobody. Damn. So after her ashes get placed in the cemetery, Richard gets back into his car, completely defeated, and he drops his head into the headrest or to the little steering wheel. He's looking out the window, but all he sees is the heavy rain just blurring the view. And right as he's about to turn on the car, the engine doesn't start. So he tries again and again, and he's just like slamming the damn thing and punching the steering wheel like, why? Why me? It's dramatic, but I get the vibe, okay? Like if he wasn't in mourning, it would be a red flag, 
Like, you don't even know the girl. Why are you having a temper tantrum right now? But it's kind of cute because it's Richard. So he slams the door shut, gets out in the rain, and he's just drenched, completely soaked by the rain. Then an old school looking taxi starts making its way towards him, which is so weird. I mean, not a single person is out in this back road near the cemetery right now. Why is there a taxi just driving straight towards him? But at this point, what is he going to do? Is he just going to sit there and pout? So he gets into the taxi and guess who the taxi driver is? Where were you in part one and part two? Wait, who? (laughs) The dad. The dad. The dad came back alive again? The dad is really busy. It's like the magic school bus, but it's the magic taxi bus, okay? Mm. So the dad is back. Gia's dad. But Richard doesn't know that. He doesn't even know what Gia's dad looks like. And Gia's dad is technically dead. All he knows, all Richard knows, is that this damn taxi driver is talking a lot. He gets into the back seat and the taxi driver is like, I don't usually come around this area. Even if I get a call, I don't come here. So what a coincidence. I mean, I was just about to call it a day, head, out, head home and get some food in my stomach. But I just couldn't shake this feeling of coming over here. Richard is in obviously a pissy mood, but this taxi driver looks like he's having the best day of his life. Like, you know, when you get into an Uber and you put your talking preference to silent, but the driver just keeps talking about everything. That's him. Sir, you must have lost something very precious. You look upset. I don't even know if it was precious or not. We barely knew each other. Goodness. Well, why is that so? A man should be daring. Even if you die, you should have seen it through no matter what. I should have. Yeah. I mean, I regret it. I even had multiple chances. Well, why did you miss the chances then? Well, I didn't know they were mine to take. Other times I thought it was wrong. I, I, I really don't know. I just realized my feelings not too long ago. I was just, I guess I was just living. But then when I heard she died, Gia's dad breaks his pity party with a hypothetical. If you get another chance, what would you do? Well, there are no chances left. I mean, if there were though, would you take it? I mean, seeing you had all those missed chances in the past, maybe you wouldn't take it. Maybe something stopped you each time. I... Damn, Dad! I... You don't regret it. I'm sure there's a reason you made all those choices, sir. But... And he looks straight into the rearview mirror, straight into Richard's soul. Will you grab your true chance? Richard looks back at all the chances that he had with Gia, all the moments that he let her just, like, live out her fate, all the moments he didn't shoot his shot. This may sound stupid, but I didn't realize how I felt. If I had, I would have protected her. So if I get a chance, I'll make sure I take it. Guys, guys, Gia's dad is straight up about to send her a tibber. Like, literally. Like, imagine <laughs> your dead dad just sends you a tibber. That's crazy. He be doing work in heaven. He be, do- he be putting in the hours. I don't know what he's doing, yeah. but he's getting shit done. He's carrying this whole show. <laughs> yes. He's putting together all the characters <laughs> in the right place and right time. And- yes. So the next day, bright and early at the office, when everybody is getting into work, Mrs. Yang is walking in behind another group of the other co-workers. But Mrs. Yang... Who's Mrs. Yang? You don't remember? She's like the assistant manager. Oh, the nice one. Yes, that was that always keep- under manager Kim. Got it. Yes, and like she, she's just going through it. She looks drained. She's tired. She's dragging her feet. She looks like she worked the double shift, the night shift. Then she gets a phone call. Lucy's father. That's her her baby's dad, okay? They're married. In Korean, it's like a thing, okay? You call them like... Like I'd call you Mango's father. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we already know that he's a deadbeat husband who doesn't work and barely watches over their daughter. Like literally, she just got to work. She hasn't even gotten to her desk, and he's calling her so that he can tell her that she, he cannot pick up their daughter from daycare. So it's gonna be a long day for her. And she notices someone in her peripheral vision. So she turns around, and it's Mister Lee. Mister Lee is the grandpa, the chairman's right hand man. This is like. This is the second in charge of the company. This is grandpa's bark dog, his watchdog, his everything. Does Mr. Lee know Richard is the grandson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, he okay. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, so okay, okay. he walks in and they make slow motion eye contact. And you know what that means? Like he's giving 40 or 50 years old, but he's kind of hot. It's giving mysterious old man who probably knows how to kill someone vibes. I feel like they had something in the past because Mrs. Yang does get a flashback to him standing in front of her saying, personally, I hate people like you. But like the way he says it is kind of flirtatious. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how to, like, maybe I don't know how to read the room and I'm like toxic, but it was like kind of hot. And like, I I feel like I felt something there (laughs) between the two of them. You want me to talk like that? No, (laughs) I would cry. So regardless, regardless, the real question is, why is the grandpa, the chairman's right-hand man coming into this office? This is not usually his place of work. At the office, Hannah immediately calls her brother, I mean, general manager Richard, to come and hurry into the office to scuttle in. And once he gets in, Mr. Lee is unboxing his stuff in one of the empty offices. All the cubicle workers are looking at each other, trying not to freak out that Mr. Lee is obviously here to clean up the PR mess from the meal kit project. Remember the airline getting slacked with the newspaper? No. Oh, Abra, I can't. I can't with Bro, this. It's been a week. Okay, it's, so I remember now. Yeah, go watch part two right yeah. now, honey. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. exactly. Okay. Now the employees, they all start messaging each other. Isn't he the head of strategic planning? If he's here, there's going to be blood for sure. What the hell is going on? And after he's almost unpacked and settled into his new office, Richard storms in pissed. He's fuming. He's looking for him to explain what the fuck is the meaning of all of this but he's got to play it cool. And then Mr. Lee says, general manager, you come in. I heard a lot about you. Richard rolls his eyes because they all know each other. Like this is his grandpa's right hand man. They're role playing. Yeah, they're role playing. So they close the office door. He starts rolling down the blinds and Richard sits down at the table like a boy at the principal's office. I didn't know you transferred to HR now. I'm just a salary man, Mr. You. I do as I'm told. This isn't for the sake of the company. At UNK, the chairman, your grandfather, He can do whatever he wants, whether it's for the company or for his family. Do you really think that he'd do nothing? Well, I didn't think that he'd send you. Mr. Lee pulls out an employee record file on Gia King. I didn't know she was your type. I just mean it was unexpected, more humble than expected for sure. She's not humble. Okay, so the way way they're using the word humble is not like, oh, I'm so humble. I'm not like cocky, but it's like humble, meaning like from humble backgrounds, look so average and humble. Like that's what they're, you know. Maybe not. A seven-year relationship, but then she started something with you, her manager. It's not, you left work together yesterday. You took her to your home. Tell me, was that on overtime? Are you telling me? When it's necessary, we didn't have to until now, but you're capable of anything. And you might want to soon. Basically saying, like, you might want to do some stuff to her soon. Have Sleep with her. Richard is left with no rebuttal. He's kind of getting his ass handed to him. And Mr. Lee is like, were you going to give her the meal kit project? 
If so, it seems you decided that after having her over last night. General Manager Richard Yu, HR will investigate this properly. It won't be swayed by public opinion, objectively, and without a woman's influence. Until then, it seems inappropriate that Miss King leads this project. Considering the circumstances, she's directly involved as well. So until the results are clear, you should leave this to Mrs. Yang, and Jia is allowed to join the team, and that is all. Wait, what did he just say? All of that? Basically, he's saying the meal kit project is going to have a rebranding, right? Uh -huh. And the head of the project cannot be Jia Kang because if the company gets caught that Jia Kang was hanging out with Richard Yu in the middle of a PR scandal and then she gets handed the project on a silver platter, even though technically it was her idea, you know what I mean? Oh, they kind of, they're trying to protect her? Yeah, like if she's... No, not even protect her. Protect the company. Because they already had so many scandals with the managers being weird. And now if a manager is seen with an employee and then she becomes the head of the meal kit project, it's like, uh -huh. come on. Okay, okay. This company is being, you know... Shady, yeah. Yeah. So Richard just gets his booty whooped. So there's nothing left that he can do except for leave. He's not used to not getting his way, so he's pretty butthurt. But right before he walks out, he turns around. If you can be unswayed by public opinion, objective, and uninfluenced by a woman, then you, Mr. Lee, will decide that Miss Kang is best for this project. All that to say, nothing happened last night between us. He gets his little last word in. He leaves to make the announcement to the rest of the team. He calls everyone in from marketing team one to meet in the conference room to talk. From now on, the meal kit project will resume. The leader will be Mrs. Yang. Gia and Mrs. Yang both look confused and shocked, especially Gia. Gia, Michael, and Stacy will assist. Michael and Stacy are surprised to be chosen, but they're really happy and excited to be there. Meanwhile, Hannah looks pissed. Why is she not on this project? What's wrong with her brother? And then he rushes out of the conference room. I mean, Gia couldn't have been too surprised because, like I said, even though the whole situation with the meal kit went viral online, she got way too close to the sun. Getting close with Richard now is not helping the company keep a clean image after this mess. So it's unfair, but she knows why Richard did it. She catches up with him at the elevators, though. Mr. Yu, discuss the schedule with Mrs. Yang. You said Michael and Stacy have to get married. Well, won't this help accelerate that? But it means that three assistant managers are going to be on this project. You know to what extent that I can help. And Gia reluctantly has to go with it. Again, Richard's grandfather literally has spies out to watch him. So even if he wants to help Gia get her way, maybe he just needs to play some office politics right now. So out in the break area, because these people never actually f***ing work, Michael is opening a bottle of strawberry milk to celebrate with Stacy. It's giving middle school flirting. He even pokes the little straw in and hands it to her. Good luck. Take this chance to get ahead of Hannah and become a full-time employee, Stacy. Thank you. I will do my best. She takes a sip. Mmm, it's so good. How did you know I like strawberry milk? <laughs> I just bought it because I like it, and I guess I got it right. Oh, and I forgot. I think we're going to do a workshop, like a weekend trip with the company. A workshop? I've never been to one. We normally go twice a year, but Mr. Yu is too individualistic. He's so selfish, so we're only going once. While he's ranting, Stacy takes a sip of her thing, her little strawberry milk, and before Michael even realizes, she's shoving the strawberry milk into his face and offering him a sip too. She's just holding it in front of his face. Like, here, suck on the same straw that I sucked on. There's not a single little thought in that brain of hers, which is precisely the type of woman that Michael is into. And he just stares at her for a while. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. But when we go to the workshop, I'll make sure to grill the barbecue deliciously for you and we can buy more strawberry milk. So later on, we see Richard kind of having his like Sigma lone wolf moment with no place to go. He's drowning his sorrows over at LB's restaurant. LB is Gia's high school crush. 
that still yeah. likes Gia. Yeah. He's sitting all alone, pouring whiskey into his own glass, and LB walks over with a plate of sushi. I started to work here today. I'd be scared if you're here for me. And if it's just a coincidence, then I'll feel like it's fate. Richard looks up at him drunk. Do you know dynamite? You mean the invention of dynamite? What about spring day? I know spring is from March to May, though I didn't know if there's a precise day that would indicate that it's spring. <sighs> well, you get to live a smooth, long, happy life. Congratulations. <sighs> I mean, I think you have a lot of time left, right? LB is pretty sure this man is going through a mental breakdown at this point. So he sits with him until everyone in the restaurant leaves and goes home. Next thing he knows, Richard is wasted, passed out on the table. But as he's turning the open sign to closed, Hannah walks in. Opa! I mean, Miss, Mr. You, you can't be here and do this. Richard, Hannah's trying to get Richard to wake up, but realizes LB is standing there watching and she awkwardly greets him. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, I, I just pressed the call button on his phone and the call was made to you. Ah, right. I've been calling him like crazy. I guess my number's at the top. This is my crazy brother and my boss. He left me out of a team so I couldn't reach him all day, but I didn't know that he was getting wasted here. This is kind of a first. Ooh. Maybe it's puberty. <gasps> puberty. Maybe it's a quarter life crisis. <sighs> and she starts laughing and LB recognizes this, this voice as the one who complimented his cake over the phone when he had brought cake to Gia and them. Oh. I have a feeling they're going to date. Okay, anyway, oh. he's like, by any chance, do you know Gia Kang? Huh? What? Oh, wait, we're the restaurant? The Basque cheesecake that was made with the fresh milk from a mountain goat in New Zealand that just gave birth. Is that you? It was unbelievable. It was so great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Meanwhile, Gia's at home still hung up on Richard. She stops what she's doing to pick up her phone because how is she supposed to just get back to work like nothing's happened when the other night they just figured out that they're both time travelers and they've got sexual tension going on? What are the odds? What are the odds? She could have time traveled with a 70-year-old greasy harabaji, but no, Richard, CEO Tebar Zadi, okay? But he doesn't pick up. <laughs> he doesn't pick up. So Gia starts second guessing everything Like what the fork's going on And bright and early the next morning You would think that Richard would take it easy After blacking out the night before But he wakes up at his grandpa's house Mansion, manor, estate, country And he decides the best way to cure his hangover Is by shooting guns in the backyard That's how big And it's like a fancy shooting guns It looks like the sport Because you can't just have guns in Korea mm, Like those sport shooter yeah like sport shooters where they poof, with like pop the, something in the air and then he has to aim oh, and with shoot. the glasses and, and then, yeah oh, and then all of yeah. that you know what i mean yeah and then he's and um then they're just like so effortlessly one hand bah, 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 bah. yeah exactly and then they take it off and then like oh yeah yeah what? <laughs> you seem really into richard no 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 like yeah sometimes i envision myself doing that <laughs> Meanwhile, 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 our conversation before going to bed. I used the standing desk today, honey. My back hurts. <laughs> I'm like, bro. <laughs> bro. So the housekeeper walks over with a gold-plated serving tray and a mug full of hejangkuk. It's like hangover soup. Hangover soup. You came home on Hannah's back. Now you're drinking on an empty stomach, sir. I mean, is she wrong? Thank you. Chairman Yu is asking for you. 
So Richard heads into his grandpa's office, dragging his feet, just knowing that he's going to get torn into. He's walking down into this. This office is insane. There's huge windows that make up the entirety of the walls. There's two levels. The shelves of the book all go all the way up like 20 feet. And Grandpa Yu is just sitting at his desk. Stereotypical, ornate, brown wooden desk made of probably mahogany. I don't know. He's just reading a newspaper. He's leaning back in his chair, reading a newspaper, and he briefly glances up. Jeyo Baz Richard, which is like glares at him. Like, look what the cat dragged in. You must have drank something nice. I'm sure you tried to brush your teeth, but you still reek. You know, sometimes, like, you watch these shows, you're like, damn, man. Would I get some newspaper subscription? <laughs> Wake up in the morning, you're gonna walk downstairs, you're gonna catch me flipping through newspapers. <laughs> So good. And then behind the newspaper is just his phone playing Tetris. <laughs> okay. Richard is like, there's nothing cheap in this house. Grandpa slams the newspaper on the desk, shows Richard the headlines. Yura took care of the director wings incident very well. She's good. Side note, Yura is the vice president of Cloud Air. It's an affiliate company of UNK, but also the airline that director Wang was using when he caused a scene and got canceled. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. And Yura is going to become very important later. Just keep her in mind. Grandpa says, I heard you had an argument with Mr. Lee, my right-hand man. That's not true. Yes, it is. He also denied it, but I know it's true. It seems like you have other eyes and ears at the company then. I'm sure you'll cut off my eyes and ears eventually, but not Mr. Lee. You better make Mr. Lee your person at all costs. He's worth it. I spoke with Mr. O, and you take care of Yura. I thought you wait, wanted... Wait, who are these people? Who's Mr. O? Mr. Mr. O is the CEO of Cloud Air. So, like, we're not getting too much context, but basically we find out that Yura is the girl that he wanted her to marry. She's the vice president and the daughter of Mr. Uh, o, who owns Cloud Air. Ah. Uh, Two Chebol families arranged marriage. Ah, uh, this incident happened on the airline, yeah. too. So, mm -hmm. and they basically, basically did them a favor to take care of this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Now they owe it to the family. Yeah. Mm. But then, um, but Richard's not going to marry her. And the grandpa is like, then you go tell her that you're not going to marry her. And he's like, I thought you wanted me to marry her. I thought I didn't have a choice. Grandpa's like, what does that matter what I want? Look at yourself. You even skipped puberty, but now you clash with my right-hand man. You get carried home and now you're drinking in the morning. What does skipping puberty mean? I don't know. Like he was a really good kid, I think. Oh. Never really got crazy, you know? And then he's like, but still, I can't force you to do something just because of what I want. I know that you two never wanted this marriage, you and Yura, but it's a promise. It's not right to call it off from the guy's side at that. So try your best to look sincere and take care of it. And when can I meet that girl? He's talking about Gia. Why won't you answer me? You caused this mess. I don't think you can ever meet her because I feel the same as you. You want me to be happy, and I want the same for her. So Richard walks out all mopey, and Grandpa Yu is so confused, but also curious. Like, this guy has feelings for Gia, and that's why they called off the engagement with another Tibor family. But now he's suddenly like, actually, I'm going to stop pursuing her. What does that even mean? So Richard knows that his time is going to end just as soon as, or even sooner than Gia's. If he's going to die in a car accident, isn't falling in love with Gia just so that she can go through an inevitable heartbreak, kind of mean, kind of torturous? Maybe she's better off living a long, happy life with someone like Elby. So is it implying that he doesn't want someone else to take his place, to yeah. die? Yeah, yeah. Mm.
The next day, Gia shows up to work and she struts into the break room. She goes to the coffee station where Michael is already standing. But they overhear some coworkers talking about the Rogiental stocks. Ugh, Rogiental, I wish I bought it. I should have bought it. I thought about it for six months and then I chose not to. Michael's whispering to Gia, did you hear that? That's the stock I sold so that I could pay you back. Do you even know? I'm only still dating you because I still have TKU. TKU is a different stock. Obviously, Michael is pissed about selling the stock, but he really do be talking out of the side of his neck. Gia goes over to her desk when nobody's looking to check on how much money she's made. The earnings from Rogiental have completely skyrocketed 701%. She's speechless. But before she can even Does process- Does show how much amount though? No, before she can even process how much money she's made, Michael comes up behind her, asks to talk to her in private, and she rushes to close the tab up and gets up. But she didn't close it all the way. Stacy was just walking over to her desk and she noticed Gia hiding her desktop screen from Michael and she got curious. She's like, what was that girl looking at? So she goes over, looks around, makes sure no one sees her, sits her little booty down on Gia's chair and opens up the tab again. And she finds out just how much money Gia has made. So Stacy goes over to the break room and starts investigating on her phone. So Gia had this stock without Michael knowing. She pretends to be busy all the time, that sly little fox. Why hasn't she sold it though? <gasps> Does she think it's gonna increase even more? And so Stacy decides to buy some of the stocks with her shoe budget. And on the other hand, Michael's already angsty that he's lost so much money and he tries to squeeze some more out of Gia. Michael's having a full-blown tantrum in this little conference room talking to Gia. Should I sell TKU? No, shoot. But I think TKU is going to go up. This is nuts. Still, I already earned a lot from TKU, so maybe it's smart if I sell it. This is going to drive me crazy. Remember, Gia knows TKU is going to tank and get delisted in the future, but she has to hold on to this playing card a little bit longer. She decides to switch his direction a little bit. How much do you need? I can lend you some money. I have a savings plan that matures soon. What savings plan? You sold Rogiantel for me and I feel so bad if you had to sell TKU too. So don't sell TKU. I'll lend you some more money. Michael grabs her hand and holds it to his chest. Babe. Also, instead of eating out tonight, let's just go somewhere with this weekend with Stacy instead. So Gia sets up another master plan, another opportunity for her to set the mood for Michael and Stacy. So this time she takes them out for a picnic at the park and Stacy is just eating it up. They put the blanket down on the grass. Everybody's walking around. The weather is perfect and Stacy is all, look at the sky. Ah, it's so nice, so pretty. I wish I had my sunglasses. Michael is looking at her. <laughs> Stacy, the weather said it'd be cloudy, but I knew it'd be okay if you're here because you're a weather fairy. <laughs> you know me so well. Gia is gagging, just like me. Gia, stop working so hard. You got rid of your bosses. You know, manager Kim, you got him kicked out. You want to be the CEO next? Everyone at work praises you, but you know, men don't really like that. It's not that charming, you dummy. <gasps> Michael, you can't say things like that these days. You'll get in trouble. Michael gives Stacy a little tee -hee and giggles it off. And the energy is just so rancid, like I'm gagging. But Michael and Stacy are obviously living for this. And Gia is just happy that they're basically doing the work for her. Michael turns to Stacy. Stacy, why don't you have a cold beer? Gia sighs to make Michael turn her way. Again, just all for the plot. Gia, you want one too? But before Gia responds, Stacy interrupts. I want snacks. Okay, snacks. 
So after Are they publicly fl- flirting? Basically, after a while, they all get comfortable and they end up laying down on the picnic blanket to watch the clouds roll by. Stacy lays down in between Gia and Michael, which is fitting. But in the silence, Gia looks over at them, dozing off and says, when I think about it, you're both so precious to me. Stacy, I met you in middle school and we've been close since then. And Michael, we met at work and have been together ever since. Our relationships are incredible. Stacy looks at her, right? We're a family. And Gia's blood immediately turns cold because does family offer to kill you early so that they can cash out on your life insurance payouts? I mean, yeah, maybe, right? (laughs) Stacy's like, you and me and Michael, let's be happy. Michael's like, I'll have to do a good job to keep both of my princesses happy, right? What? I don't know what Michael is thinking with this because the way he's looking at these two girls, it's like he just became like a polyamorous king. If you ever said that (laughs) to me and my best friend, I like genuinely, I have no jealousy left in my bod anymore because A, I'm too old for that and B, our relationship is too stable for that. But if you said that to me and my best friend, that would be a moment of like, we're definitely gonna have a conversation when we get home because what the fork is that? What so the fork? So he said that. What's Gia and everyone's response or reaction? Gia's looking at him like, the f- did you just say? And Stacy's just la 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 up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael turns to Gia. Gia, how does it feel to have a man like me? <laughs> he stretches his arm past Stacy to try and pet Gia's head, but his hand is in the air and it triggers the flashback of him hitting her before he killed her. And without thinking, she flinches and she screams, ah, and gets up. What? What is it? What is it? So all of them are now sitting up. Oh, um, nothing. It, it, it was a bug. What? A bug? Where? Ah, I'm so scared. Stacy is doing the most. Michael's like, come here, come here. Where's the bug? I'll chase it away. And he's like waving his hands in the air. The energy quickly shifts back over to Stacy and Michael, just like doing the most sitting next to each other. Gia's just sitting there and watching this show happen. Stacy's leaning into Michael. Michael's like, I'll protect you from this scary non-existent bug. And Gia thinks back to when they first started dating, he did that for her. That reminds me of when we first started dating, Michael. You look so cool chasing that bug away from me. Oh, did I do that? When? Stacy's scared of bugs too, Michael, so I'm glad you're here. Michael looks very proud of himself, still swatting the invisible bug away from Stacy's head, and Gia hears a couple close by, and the boyfriend is teaching the girlfriend how to ride a bike. Michael used to do the same thing for her, and right at that moment, her phone rings. Oh, and you're say, Mrs. Yang, yes, I'm on my way. She rushes off with her bag and acts like Mrs. Yang needs her ASAP, but it's actually LB on the phone and he's confused. Like, who the hell is Mrs. Yang? <laughs> Gia runs off while Michael and Stacy just watch her. <sighs> Work again? Jeez, she's such a workaholic and she's working on the weekend. <sighs> I only have her, but she's always so busy with work to even hang out with me. Let me guess. Michael boy goes, but now you got me. No, Michael uh-huh. boy goes, Stacy, do you know how to ride a bike? Ah! <laughs> Bro, this guy. I've never ridden one before. I'm kind of scared. Oh, no, it's not scary at all. I'll teach you. Let's go. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know I watch way too many K-dramas because the other day I got mad at my husband for the most random thing. He's literally minding his own business and I choose violence. I'm like, babe, if there's an alternate timeline where my husband and my best friend cheated on me, would you do everything to help me get revenge on them? Listen, sometimes I feel like K-dramas and even perhaps life in general ruin my relationship expectations. But thanks to my therapist, I am able to find healthier coping mechanisms to cope with all of that. Therapy has really helped us learn how to communicate with each other on a deeper level we realized that a lot of arguments would come down to us just not speaking in a way that the other person could understand even when we're on the same page the page might look different from different angles therapy provides a safe space where you and your partner can put things into perspective even if you're not in a relationship or not looking for a partner therapy is just really healthy in general it's like an exercise for your brain and BetterHelp is a great way because it's entirely online from signing up to sessions with your therapist i mean i hate making appointments and sitting in waiting rooms with BetterHelp. you just fill out a brief question to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash baking today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash baking. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Turns out, LB has been waiting for Gia to come into work, so he's standing outside the building with a giant bouquet of flowers and was waiting for each taxi that passes by, hoping that it's her. She finally gets to work and sees him out front, and of course, of course, Richard is walking by through the lobby and sees them out the window. Gia's genuinely happy. Well, thank you, but shouldn't I be the one giving you flowers? I heard you got a new job near here. Yeah, it's really close, so make sure to stop by. Oh, that's my boss. Uh, I gotta get to work, so I should go. He waves goodbye with his sweet little kid smile, and G is kind of taken aback. Like he waited all this time just to see her and exchange a few words and give her a bouquet of flowers. And of course, Richard is watching the whole interaction behind the glass. He walks up to his desk, smacks his briefcase on the table, just soaking in all the K-drama sadness. But Gia goes up to the office. She sees him dying. So she goes over. She stuffs the flowers under her desk, goes over to his glass office door, knocks. I have something to tell you. That's good. So do I. Take a seat. And they sit down in his office. Why did you come to work? It's the weekend. I wanted to get Michael and Stacy on a date today, so we came out together and then I ditched them. I missed two things during my succession process in 2021. One is the Cloud Air and the Key Light Tour. I remember, they were affiliates of UNK, but they became independent, right? Cloud Air, the airline, Eura, the one he's supposed to marry. And the other is Mr. Lee. My grandfather wanted him to stay by my side, but he resigned when I became the chairman. Okay, I don't know. It definitely feels like he's leading something here. Like something's going to happen with Mr. Lee. All of this is going to come full circle. So like, let's just remember it. Gia's like, why did he do that? Either way, he's uncomfortable. He can't be controlled. It's why I couldn't make you the leader of the project. Listen, Gia, I will help you with everything that I can. Whatever you need. Everything. And tell me why everything includes going to LB's restaurant nearby that night and eating dinner by himself. Yeah, Richard's just eating dinner in that restaurant again. LB approaches his table. I'm starting to see you quite often. 
without even glancing up at LB, just keeps cutting his steak, Richard responds. I want to get to know you. See if you're a player, if you have qualities to be solid land. Because remember, Gia said she feels Aww. like she's on a boat and she just wants to be on solid land. Aww. Basically, the man is vetting Gia's new potential love interest Aww. because he can't be there for her. Aww. But LB doesn't know that. LB looks confused, even a little defensive. Like, who the fork is this man just trying to scope me out in his free time? I hope you drink in moderation today, sir. But Richard just continues with his little tangent to see how desperate you are. And why would you do that? I think it's why I came. Stop this whole food show, LB. No need to attract women. You're skilled enough to make money. <sighs> why do you care? LB looks over at the ice bucket that usually holds a glass of wine, but today it's water. The water brand is called A Drop of Tears. <laughs> so corny. <laughs> Richard's like, I'm not going to drink anymore. There's something I must do. And the next morning, Richard is standing in front of everyone's cubicle and asks for their attention. There will be a marketing workshop to improve teamwork. Be careful not to get hurt. And he looks straight at Gia. He forgets his train of thought. And that'll be all. And the marketing team, they all look excited. Michael looks over at Stacy, excited to grill her some barbecue and drink strawberry milk together. Everyone looks hyped up, but Hannah looks like she's got nothing to live for. She didn't make the meal kit project. And honestly, it feels like her brother is trying to do everything to not help her become a full-time employee. But her two besties, Gia and Mrs. Yang, want to help. Gia whispers, Mrs. Yang, how about we get Hannah to prepare the workshop? Sounds great. Hannah, do you want to prepare the workshop? Me? Prepared myself? Ah! And Hannah did not disappoint. It's all set up in this open field, like middle of the woods, but clear opening. Almost like the vibe of where the Twilight cast played baseball. That kind of vibe, but cuter. There's fire pits, grills, food trucks, cute little banners that say, we are one marketing team. I mean, she put her whole into this and the whole field is set up with sleeping bags and camping tents all labeled with numbers but people can't choose where they're going to sleep tonight they have to compete for it losers get sleeping bags other people get tents and the whoever wins the whole game there's two they get to sleep in tent number one but it's not a tent it's a camper van that's got an actual bed an actual shower inside and it's filled to the brim with real food it's got twinkly lights cozy chairs games it's a whole vibe everyone else is going to be camping the the winner's going to be glamping. Mm. Michael looks over at the sleeping bags. Ugh, it's going to suck if we get a sleeping bag, isn't it? Stacy's acting like such a little princess. Why decide on accommodations by a treasure hunt? I can't even fall asleep in a place like this. Hannah overhears her complaining and pops up behind her with pure joy and excitement. Just work hard in the game. It's more fun than just drinking. Also, when else can we do something like this? She runs off to grab the speakerphone all excited and Stacy goes, I was nervous when I heard Hannah would be the one planning the workshop. We have to play the name tag game too. This is so stupid. So the name tag game is how the coworkers are going to determine who gets to sleep in which tent. Boys compete between boys, girls between girls. And if you come across someone with a better flag than you, you have to snatch the Velcro name tag off of their back and force them to submit and be your bitch baby. Force them to give you their flag. Obviously, the person with the number one flag is going to be targeted the most for that camper van. And of course, Daddy Michael is coming to the rescue. He is like, ladies, ladies, women should just sit back for this. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Do you guys trust me? I'm going to find the number one flag for you guys, for the girls, and I'll bring it to you. 
And literally within seconds of the game, Michael is pinned to the ground. His name tag gets ripped <laughs> off. Bro doesn't even just get pinned to the ground. His flag gets stolen and they roll him down a hill for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> and Gia's thinking to herself, if she remembers correctly, Michael gets number five. He sleeps in a sleeping bag. I found number four and I hid and I ended up in a tent. And for Stacy, we see Stacy in front of the camper van. This is like in the past. She's standing next to the fucking simp ass manager, manager Kim drenched in sweat. And he's hobbling over to her with the number one banner. And Gia's in her thoughts are strangely, Stacy always got the best things. And then in the middle of the flashback, Stacy grabs her from behind, pushes them both behind a tent to eavesdrop on Hannah and Mrs. Yang, the ones who set up the flags in the first place. This is present time again, or 2013, if you will. Hide! They're listening to them walk by and Mrs. Yang is asking Hannah, don't you think we hid number one too well? Well, I'm the one who hid it, which means it can't be found, right? Yeah, but that's completely wild. Who's going to go in the water? Yeah, I guess the water is kind of cold. Stacy overhears this behind the tent and she starts plotting her win. Water? That's hard. Mr. Kim would have helped if he were here. The manager? Where's Michael? Can he swim? Why? Are you trying to ask so that you can find him? Of course. It must be upstream. It's dangerous. Just ask for help. Don't do it the hard way. And shit like this is why Gia has no remorse for throwing Stacy under the bus. As soon as she said that, Gia realizes that's what she has to do. Why? Are you mad because he's your boyfriend and I'm going to ask him for help? No, it's not that. Then, can I borrow your boyfriend? Something catches Gia's attention. Stacy's very, very pretty, very expensive diamond necklace. Gia, you need to do anything you can to get what you want. For me, that's what it means to truly want it. That's just how life is. So Stacy heads off to find Michael and Gia goes on a walk in the woods. She's lost in thought. Was that how she got everything she wanted? Stacy got everything she wanted in 2023. And duh, Richard's doing the same thing, walking alone in the woods. And once they're five feet away, they notice each other. And after all the times Gia used someone to get what she wants, she is now determined not to use Richard. Richard's like, did you find number one? I'll find it for you if you know where it is. Hannah hit it up the stream. Can you help me? Of course. No, not that. Something else. Can I just be honest with you? Richard nods then don't think of me as someone strange and don't hate me and just listen to me. Just be that person for me. I know you're willing to do everything to help me, but I want to do it on my own. Until the media announced that you would be the successor for you and Kay, you always did the right thing. I don't want you to do something you wouldn't do because of me. You said I was a competent person. I can really do anything. So just let me be honest with you from time to time. We are the only two people living these moments again. Things I can't say to others, I can say to you. So Gia starts crying and she holds out her hand to shake his hand, but he just walks past it and gets closer and starts unbuttoning his shirt. Oh! What? Yeah, he just starts unbuttoning his shirt. Basically, she's implying like, don't, I know you want to help me put my fate on Stacy, but she doesn't want that because he's always been a good person and she feels like in this journey, she might have to do things that good people don't do. Mm. So she's like, if you want to help me, just be there for me. That's it. That's all I want. Oh, I see. And then he starts unbuttoning his shirt. <laughs> Didn't you say that your dad drew a heart on your allowance? And he pulls his shirt to the side and shows her the heart-shaped tattoo on his chest. And Gia's jaw is dropped. Pants dropped. Everything dropped. Why is that? Richard sees her about to cry. She's about to bawl. She looks absolutely confused. He grabs her softly by the wrist. 
your dad's allowance. But Richard's like, I'm that ten dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> so you can use me all you want. It's okay. Ah! And it's just so cute. Literally, what the hell? But I don't have to spend my allowance, right? I just want to talk with it, and I want my allowance to be happy. Is there anything you want to do in your second life, Gia, Mister You? I said, is there anything you want? I want to be happy on my own with all my strength, and I'm going to be happy. I just want to say, Gia is kind of annoying in this scene because girly pop, get it together. This is not the time to be girl bossing. Stop gatekeeping yourself from the man of your dreams. Meanwhile, he's spiraling, trying to stop loving you. Okay, be fucking for real, both of y'all. Get it together. Meanwhile, Stacy's on a mission to be as lazy and as manipulative as possible. She sees Michael sulking about his measly flag, number five. He's getting a sleeping bag. He's blaming his bag problems on why he didn't get number one. And Stacy thinks this is the perfect chance to get Michael's attention. So she scratches herself on a thorn bush and screams out in pain. Michael finds her hiding behind a bush. Oh no, Stacy, are you okay? What's going on? Oh, I must have gotten caught on a branch. Bro, she's so smart. Let me see. Let me see. He grabs Stacy's arm. There's like a tiny, tiny, tiny. I would need a fucking monocle to see the bit of blood on there. Oh no, this is bad. It's like a paper cut, y'all. It hurts. She sees that she's got Michael's attention. So she goes in to seal the deal and she goes in as seductively as possible and she starts sucking the blood off of her arm. Michael is too, Ah! he's too stunned to speak and she can tell that she's got this little man child hooked. Um, you should probably apply ointment. Uh, we can go back to the camp and I can help you. Wait, so she's sucking on her own hand? Her own arm. And he's losing his shit? Yeah, losing his shit, okay? Uh, okay. It's okay. I don't need ointment. I put my saliva on it. By the way, is there any... <laughs> By the way, is there any way that you can help me with one more thing? Sure, what is it? I know where the stick for number one is, but it's in the water. What if I go into the water and... My arm gets more owie. Owie? <laughs> owie? Yeah. Because paper cuts notoriously get worse when you apply water. Right. Yeah. Of course, Stacy. I can help you. So at this point, Michael and Stacy are full on having intimate relations with their eyeballs. But by this point, they should have just kept it up because Gia beat them to the beach and is taking her shoes off to get in the water. She places her shoes to the side. She takes off her jacket. She looks over at the flag and it's sitting on like a small rock island in the middle of the water. It's like a lake. It's like Lake Lanier. Like you have to swim? Yeah. A lot? Yeah. Oh, wow. But before she steps in, Hannah is back at the base and she's heard some bad news richard overhears her talking to mrs yang mrs yang i just asked the safety officer he said that the water's too deep and the current is actually pretty strong there's moss in there too that you can get caught on we gotta go what oh my god we gotta go over there hurry get the safety officer let's go richard panics because he knows that gia is girl bossing a little too close to i don't know death right now and surely enough gia is in the water about to drown tell me why She's like walking into the water and then suddenly the water gets deeper and it's like the fucking Loch Ness monster is like dragging her from under. Like nobody drowns like that. That's crazy. She's literally getting pulled underwater by like a dead body. I'm like, girly, that's a lot. Richard sees this. He jumps into the water, grabs her. He takes her so that now they're standing on the shallow water. (sighs) He's so scared. He's pissed. Are you insane? You're not even prepared. The water could have been deep. Mr. You, I'm fine. Nothing is fine. You could just tell me. Why is that so hard for you to just ask for help? Why take the hard path every single time? 
and she starts crying because I'm not Stacy. Because she's wrong and I'm right. And I'm not going to live my life like her. I'm going to get everything I want on my own. That's the right thing to do. Because that's what Gia Kang would do. Because that's me. I don't know. Listen, I'm all about being an independent woman. Not really. But like... But isn't like the part of going back in life, redoing it, is like you live life on easy mode. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And like... If it's me going into the water or you going into the water, it's gonna be you. <laughs> it's gonna be you. Why is he yelling at her for that? Because this is part of the company activity. Like, he's so frustrated with her. Imagine I got hurt while I'm trying to do something on my own, but you could have easily done it for me. And you're like, bro, I told you to just ask me for help. But then she didn't. Okay. So it's like, I guess maybe it's more frustrating. Mm -hmm than anything richard gets why she's acting like this but it's infuriating him because she seems so helpless so he touches her on the cheek shaking and he thinks back to her question what is something you want in your second life and he says i want and he looks like he's about to cry and he finally tells her the words i want to be solid land bro are you okay <laughs> I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I cried, yeah. Okay, no. so he finally confessed his love. Yeah, I mean, for like the 10th time, but it was just so... Alright, alright, all right. easy. Honey, what do you want? I want to be solid. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> land, land. Meanwhile, Stacy and Michael are heading over to the water, not rushing because they honestly don't think that anyone else would get to the number one flag. But when they get there, it's gone. Someone already took the yellow number one flag. Gia's stubborn ass is bundled up in a blanket in one of the tents with Hannah and Mrs. Ooh, Yang. Wait, slow down. Gia, what? Yeah, she swam. They had that whole moment. She swam and got the flag. Oh, okay. She's wet, okay? She swam, got the flag. Well, actually, maybe Richard got the flag. We don't know who got the flag, but we just know she's soaking wet, she's in a blanket, and she's got the number one flag. But technically, yeah. they're both soaking wet. Mm. So maybe he got the flag. Anyway, she still has to protect her flag for the rest of the day. That thing's got to last all day. She could lose her name tag and flag at any moment. It's an all-day festivity. Meanwhile, Mrs. Yang and Hannah are celebrating her, but Gia's not even thinking about that right now. She's thinking... Hannah, what does it mean when someone wants to be land? Like when, when asked, what do you want to become in the future? And you say, Dang? land? Wait, Gia doesn't get the reference? She was so drunk. She doesn't remember saying that. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. And Hannah's like, maybe they meant bang, bread. Oh, bang sounds so good right now. Or maybe they meant like yang, lamb, sheep. Uh, uh, sheep? Or maybe they want to be dung, which is the best. Like a champion. <laughs> Who said that? You should just ask them. Well, it's kind of hard to ask them. Mrs. Yang looks over. Is it Michael? You shouldn't be like that. My husband said things that I never understood when we first started dating, and I never got to ask him. Hannah, our ever kind, but also oblivious and energetic queen, especially between lovers, you should share future goals or bucket lists. Yeah, you won the camper today. Sneak him into your car and ask him. Hannah's like, oh, what are you saying, Mrs. Yang? Married women are so 
dirty. But Gia is left to strategize on her own in her big brain. She's thinking, that's not going to happen. Michael can't be with me tonight because in the past, I got number four, which was the single tent. And Stacy got number one, the camper. And that night in the past, we see a flashback of Michael trying to get into her tent. And he's nagging her. Hey, how can you just let me sleep out here with just a sleeping bag? Let's go sleep somewhere else. I'm going to die if I sleep here. Gia, Gia. We left and came back at dawn, Gia said. We drank so much, we were overheated, and it was horrifying. So if I'm in the camper, Stacy will be in the single tent, which means... And Ooh, instead la, of la. Gia opening the tent for Michael, tonight, it'll be Stacy. Today could be D-Day. The rule is, until time is up, Gia needs to be moving around. But that also means she needs to stay hidden so nobody can come and find her. And if they do, they can take our flag. So Gia walks out of the tent to Richard, and they're talking in the woods. That was dangerous and reckless, Miss Gia. I know, but I know I'm not going to die from drowning. What scares me the most is living the same life as before with this second chance. In order to not do that, I'm going to do anything. So Richard suggests that they find a new hiding spot for her. And she's like waving her little number one flag around as they walk in the woods. She's pretty satisfied. Not like waving it around for people. She's just looking at it like she's never won something. So... Since you have the number one flag, has fate changed? Or is there a chance that Stacy will take it before you sleep in the camper? I don't know. Then. But there's one thing that's certain. Michael borrowed money from me and he bought a necklace before coming here. The necklace Stacy was wearing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's simple-minded. It's his killer move to get into a woman's pants. I also got a necklace in the past. Are you saying that he bought the same necklace for both of you? No, it's a bit different. Um, this one, it actually looks more expensive. I guess I must have been easier to him. And it flashes Dang. to Stacy's big shiny diamond necklace and Richard's jawline clenches and he looks like he's about to go tussle somebody. But Gia's like, no, it's okay. I'm doing all of this to escape someone like him anyway. And I'm only going to take what's good from now on. As you should. That's how you'll make today D-Day. Yes. So first, I'll make sure Stacy gets number four. Then I'll get Michael wasted. And then I think it'll happen. They're going to do it. Sounds good. I will be rooting for you as much as I can. Okay. And I'll root for... Wait, by the way, what did you say you wanted to be earlier? Was it Kwang, like a king? Or was it Bang, like bread? It's not Dung, is it? Like the best? You want to be a champion? <laughs> Richard just chuckles and diverts the conversation by walking away. And in the distance, Stacy is screaming at herself and shouting while she fights a coworker for the number one four flag. She grabs her name tag with a big smile and you're out. She's so happy. She's waving her number four flag around, but she's still left to wonder who the heck has number one. No one here would go in the water except for Gia. Stacy spots Gia between the trees. She's obviously trying not to be seen, glancing behind her shoulder and rushing to another place to hide. Oh, state Gia's got number one. Gia, meanwhile, is thinking to herself, I've never had nice things before, so protecting this feels hard. Yeah, our girly pop Gia does not have her smarticles on because she's barely making an effort to hide. She at least stuffs her flag in the front of her vest so that no one knows that she has the number one flag. But eventually she just starts looking around and she just sits on like a tree stump out in the open, just like any horrendous horror movie. And this bitch Stacy pops up behind her, attempts to snatch her name tag, Gia's halfway expecting this already. So she gets up and swerves out of the way. At least she practiced judo. 
Before Stacy can even jump her name tag, Gia jumps back and immediately goes for Stacy's hair. She grabs handfuls of Stacy's hair and pushes her head Whoa. down to restrain her. And Stacy's like, ah! And Gia goes to the ground with her and she's still like yanking back and forth. You know those old car windows or like those manual standing desks that you gotta like- Why is she doing that? She's, and then she's like, oh my God, you scared me. Oh no, I'm so sorry. My bracelet's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, don't move. Let me yank it out. <laughs> she's got no bracelet on. <laughs> and when she's finally done having fun, she pushes Stacy one last time to the ground and Stacy's left there looking like such a goober. <gasps> Stacy's like, what the f just happened? <laughs> she's looking at her elbow where she got a little tiny aya, a little boo-boo, and she's holding her head, which surprisingly still has hair on it, honestly. That was really aggressive. And she is like, You're not mad, right? It's just a game after all. And besides, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't tried to get me. When Gia speaks to her, Stacy just moans in pain. And then Gia stomps off. But as she's leaving, she starts to feel bad. Did she make the right choice? Gia doesn't keep running. Instead, she walks back to the trail with this uneasy feeling in her gut. What's wrong with me? And she looks for where Stacy was, but Stacy's gone. So she's like, oh, well, turns to walk away. And Stacy comes right behind her, grabs Gia's hair bun in one oh. hand and slams her oh, full force to the ground. And Stacy's out for blood. The way she's looking right now, because Gia can't see her face, she looks like she's about to fucking kill Gia. Yeah, she's not playing anymore. And then she smiles. Gia! You're out. Gia's still on the ground and Stacy takes her name tag and replaces her number four flag for Gia's number one. <gasps> I knew you'd come back. Did you really go into the water? So this is why you impress everyone at work. Find someone who's glamping and maybe you can hang out with them. Thanks for this. And Gia's so angry, she's twitching. But Stacy giggles and smiles and starts skipping her happy little ass back to the campsite for the game ceremony. Now... It's nighttime and Hannah's on the mic ready to start announcing winners. Hello everyone, I hope you're having fun. Anyway, I didn't know you'd all participate so enthusiastically. You're all great. Now, which female employee will get to sleep in the camper? Number one, please come forward. Gia and Stacy are sitting on picnic blankets on opposite ends of the crowd. They're both staring into space. Both of them look completely wiped and disgusted and you can't even tell which one won. The anticipation is real. People start making drum roll noises with their hands on their lap and the crowd is shouting, come on, who is it? And just for a minute, they wait until it's me. Gia stands proudly with her number one flag and oh. claims her spot on the camper van. She walks up to get her key and everybody's cheering except for Stacy because Stacy didn't just end up walking away in the woods. Turns out Gia was waiting for her to turn back and she grabs Stacy by the pants and wouldn't oh. let her leave. Stacy can't get out of Gia's grip. And Gia says, isn't sleeping in the camper van better than camping? Gia stands up and looks Stacy dead in the eyes. The camper is right in front of me, so why would I even consider sleeping in a tent? And after a few snarls, they just go in. They both go in for each other's hair, tussling oh. until Hannah says, congratulations, Gia Kang from Marketing Team One. Let's give her a round of applause, everyone. Congrats. Hannah goes down the list of winners and who gets what sleeping arrangement for the night. Richard looks over at Gia with a proud little smirk and Gia goes to one of the hand washing stations to clean her hands and Stacy stomps and clomps her way over. Happy you beat me? You know I can't sleep anywhere. I can't fall asleep. I'm a light sleeper. Same goes for me, Stacy. Really? Then why did I think you could just sleep about anywhere? Because I wanted to. For you. What? Nothing. I'm gonna go. 
And as soon as Gia turns away, Stacy cups a handful of water and splashes it on Gia's back. What? Gia is like, what the fuck? And Stacy's looking at her like she's been the victim the whole time. Why are you being like this to me? What do you mean? You wouldn't let me win. How much longer are you going to keep this up? I feel like now I'm becoming the bad person. You're being so harsh on me lately. Whoa. Gia takes a second. Okay, Stacy. what's crazy is that when I'm saying this out loud, Stacy seems like the most unhinged K-drama character, right? But the way that the actress delivers the lines, I feel like we may all know someone like this. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about someone just likes to play victims? Or? No, not even that, but just the way that she lashes out like with the water it's like really like i know it sounds comical but it like is it's no, it's portrayed no. somewhat realistically in the drama yeah 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 now gia takes a second to think about what she's really gonna say next and she just gives it to stacy i don't like you anymore i tried not to show it but i guess i failed and so i'll just tell you i'm starting to just hate you <gasps> You whine and you try to act cute and you think that my things are your things and it's just annoying. But you let me. Is it bad that I took it for granted? You made me this way. What am I supposed to do now? You're right. I always let you and I always let you whine. So now I'm going to stop. I'm marrying Michael now. I'm going to start a new family and I can't be tied down to you forever. So thanks for bringing it up first. I'm going to get going. Uh, Gia is setting everything in motion at this exact moment. She obviously doesn't give a fork about marrying Michael, let's be real, but she knows that if she says it, it's gonna make Stacy jealous enough to push her over the edge. But Gia is like, it's triggering her mental health. So she goes to find boss daddy Richard. I feel like a bad person. I mean, she's the one that was wrong. She's the bad one, but why did I say that? I, I only said what I should have said, but you're too good, Gia. You're not bad enough to hurt others. And he grabs her by the arms. Because girl, like you're literally gonna die unless you do this. But he's like, but I know better than anyone. You did what you had to. Good job, Gia. Meanwhile, Stacy's still at the washing station, spiraling with rage. She's just standing there frozen. The water is behind her, just running. And she's really about to start her villain arc. Stacy has no idea that Gia wanted this all along. Gia's thinking to herself, Stacy wants to punish me. If she thinks I'm being like this because of Michael, it's obvious how she'll try to punish me. Stacy looks over at Michael, who's sitting around the bonfire with all the coworkers, drowning shot after shot after shot. But when he sees Stacy over at the washing station, they stare each other down. And then she goes to touch her necklace, playing with it in between her fingers, and then turns around and walks into the woods. And just like that, Michael takes the bait. He sneaks his way over to follow her into the woods, and he sits down in front of her in a secluded area. What are you doing? Should we talk? How did you know? that I wanted to talk to you. Uh, I can just tell by how you look. Did you drink a lot? Do you have a lot on your mind? <laughs> just a little. I feel uneasy, just a little uneasy. She starts playing with the necklace again and Michael's little radar and his pants are already going haywire. So he takes the sign and he runs with it. You wanna sleep with me? <laughs> no way. Yeah, <laughs> literally, okay? And Stacy says, will it change anything? You're Gia's boyfriend and I'm her other half. Is it the alcohol that's in me? Because I only care about who's in front of me right now. <laughs> and this time he gets his hand and drags it across her face. And she leans into his hand and says, me too. I drank a lot. And his hand goes from her cheek to pulling her over him and they start aggressively making out. And of course, Gia's been watching all of this unfold from behind the trees. Oh. 
But it wasn't as relieving to her as she thought. And it's not that she likes Michael, but it's just, mm. it's a lot emotionally, you know? Yeah. And then the fact that she had to play so many games to facilitate it, it was just emotionally draining. And she starts crying as she watches them. And then slowly everything goes blurry and a hand covers her eyes and she turns around and it's Richard. <laughs> and she's fully traumatized, tears streaming down and he grabs her hand and they start walking away. But like, you know, when you're down, you're down. Gia snags her heel on a rock, loses her balance, falls to her knees and just starts crying on the floor. Richard squats down to slowly pat her on the back. And in that moment, he reminds her, you can't check your wounds while your opponent is on the mat. Focus only on two things. I decided to fight. And I will win. I decided to fight and I will. She's like hyperventilating <laughs> all. <laughs> Guys, at this point, she's hyperventilating. She's not doing well. And on the other side of the woods, Hannah and Miss Yang are walking around arm in arm, happy about how well the workshop's going. And they hear some weird noises. It sounds like it's coming from the woods. Uh, it's almost like a scream, but kind of breathy. Uh, like, we don't know if it's Gia crying or if it's Stacy popping her pussy to impress Michael. You know? We don't know. I repeated this clip several times for research purposes. I do believe it was, uh, I do believe they witnessed the horrific auditory indecency that is Stacy faking an O. Oh. <laughs> so Hannah wants to investigate, but Mrs. Yang is like, no, let's go back to the camp. Meanwhile, in the woods, Gia finally calms down enough that she's now sitting on a bench with Richard and... I found Stacy so pretty, you know? When I first met her when I was 15, I just couldn't believe that someone so pretty and so nice was my friend. I was so proud that I wanted to protect her. And Michael, I mean, he was such a jerk, but I just needed someone to trust and lean on. After we got married, I put up with him even more. I'm such a fool. Gia, your trauma dumping is showing right now, okay? And Richard is like, it's all over. Stop thinking about them. Think about the one thing today. Gia won. And the whole time they've been sitting there, his hand has just been gently covering hers. And she looks down and she says, I haven't had someone touch my hand this affectionately in a really long time. He pulls his hand away because our king doesn't want to make Gia uncomfortable, even though she didn't mean it like that. Since I came back to 2013, I've always felt so lonely since I was alone, but I'm so glad I have you. Thank you. And Richard stands up. To be honest, my life is like a well-written novel. A life without any worries or obstacles. Just well-written. But I'm glad I came back. And I'm happy I get to talk to you like this. I should thank you. He reaches his hand out to help Gia up. And her face lights up. She grabs his hand. And she looks at him and says, You never talk very simple. <laughs> okay? And Richard laughs. And they start making their way back to the camp. And she's like, Seriously, though, what did you say earlier? What did you want to be? I'll help you for helping me. I told you I don't want anything from you in return. I'm being honest, but you're not being honest. And I'm not going to let you help me. Okay, fine. Let's say that I was, um, I want to be Tang. Okay, I want to be the champ. <laughs> and Gia starts giggling. No, you didn't say that. You're lying. It's true. So the two walk back to the campsite and Gia makes her way to her well-deserved camper van. And the next morning, Gia walks out and starts her day. But immediately, she slams open the door and Michael, the man-child, is standing there. You would assume that she had a hard time sleeping after witnessing Michael and Stacy commit all the seven sins right in front of her salad. But Gia seems pretty well-rested. Gia, did you sleep well while your boyfriend was sleeping in a sleeping bag? You're so cold-hearted, you know that? 
She rolls her eyes. The man has so much audacity. He could literally start selling it for a profit. Did you really sleep in your sleeping bag? Where else then? My selfish girlfriend slept in the camper. Weren't you even worried that your boyfriend might be too cold overnight? I was. So that's why I went to go find you with hand warmers, but you weren't in your bag. Oh, she's a uh, ballsy. Oh, I guess I was in the bathroom then. You could have just left them on my sleeping bag then. Where's your common sense? I'm telling you, if he's a font, he could not be more bold. If he's an MP3 <laughs> file, he could not be more audacious. If he's a punching bag, he could not be more punchable. <sighs> Gia's like, where's Stacy? How should I know where your friend is? Where did she sleep anyway? I don't even know what number she got. I don't know. Something happened between us yesterday and it's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? Did you guys fight? <sighs> Women are always fighting and making up. Goodness. Oh. Gia's staring at Michael kind of blankly with a smile. She's kind of content. But Michael notices her staring and feels weird about it. What? Let's just go eat breakfast. And Stacy is standing on top of a hill with her arms crossed, watching the two walk to breakfast together. Honestly, the way she doesn't even look mad, she almost looks peaceful. And it's giving me goosebumps. Obviously, her revenge doesn't feel as sweet as she thought. But, but, her thought gets sidetracked when someone walks up behind her and it's Mrs. Yang. Stacy, no, this isn't your tent. Where were you last night? Oh, Mrs. Yang, I was drunk, so I slept um, just somewhere else. I, I, I just left my stuff here. Did you drink a lot too? I was able to sober up a bit after my walk with Hannah last night. Oh, walk with Hannah in the... I see. Stacy really reached a new low last night. So in a flashback, we see that they did it in the woods. She's zipping up her pants while Michael is putting on his jacket and he looks over at her and suddenly all that sexual like star-crossed lovers is gone. And he goes, yeah, so let's not tell Gia. What? I think she was assuming that Michael would leave Gia for her and then she'd be like, I don't want you. It's not like she's going to break up with me. She's only going to get hurt and you guys are close friends. So all of that would be unnecessary. Stacy's scoffing, acting like, what? She's in disbelief. Michael gets right next to her and says, let's be realistic. As you said, things are just way too complicated between us. Instead of rolling around in this messy reality, let's keep this as a beautiful memory, yeah? Why is Michael still into Gia? Gia? Oh, because she makes better money and she's very stable. And uh, she's good to his parents. She's like uh, wifey material. She's uh, not a hot, sexy girlfriend. She doesn't spend money on herself. She makes a lot of money. And oh then she's good to his God. parents. She's responsible. She'll do all the chores. She'll do the dishes. Uh, and then he can go cheat on her every, I don't know, Thursdays and Sundays. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. And honestly, I don't know what Stacy was expecting. Like, did she really think that he was gonna break up with her? Like, come on, let's not act brand fucking new, Stacy. Mrs. Yang interrupts her thought though, and Stacy starts clinging onto Mrs. Yang's arm. She's like trying to make a new friend, it seems. <sighs> Why can I never get the best? What? The workshop sucked, Mrs. Yang. I wanted to sleep in the camper, or like at least a better tent. You'll get other chances. Failure is the mother of success. <laughs> You're right. Nothing's impossible. So they walk over to the outdoor food court, but Stacy spots Gia and Michael sitting there, like, and she's just annoyed. She's infuriated. Meanwhile, Michael's taking care of Gia so much, like just piling fruit onto her plate. Oh, do you think this will help with digestion? Here, eat this, eat this, eat this. Honestly, Stacy looks miserable, but Gia looks even more miserable. 
They all finish breakfast and they head over to the bus to make their way back home. Everyone is falling asleep, including Michael, who took the seat right next to Gia. But Richard looks back to lock eyes with Gia and they both get their inner demons, like their inner thoughts come out. They start thinking about what's left when they get back home. So a little flashback on their conversation before they got on the bus. Richard was like, I don't think that went as expected. I've been, I've been with Stacy for 26 years and seven years or 17 when I died with Michael. And I know, I know that they did it last night. When I felt something was off with all my other ex-boyfriends, when they cheated on me, they would break up with me right away. Michael is the first to just do it blatantly behind my back. I thought it was because of marriage, but maybe Michael is more of a scumbag than I thought. So you're telling me it means that it's not over yet. Meaning she thought once they slept together, they would go off and have their own relationship. But no, Michael's staying with Gia. Uh. After spending all night with your coworkers, the last thing you want to do is see one of them. You know, you just want to stay as far away as possible, but they all have to go to work the next day. But before they do, Stacy's sitting on the floor next to her bed, crossing out Gia's picture in every single one of their like friend pics, like her face. She's giving Regina George from Mean Girls, but she's like, um, she doesn't even do it in like a frantic, like, I hate this bitch way. She's doing it like in a Ted Bundy way, wow. like serial killer Ed Kemper vibes. She looks at one picture, one with Michael, and instead of crossing out their faces, she just stares at Michael. Because she's not done with him just yet. I just want to point out that we're only halfway through this show. And I already lost count of how many times Richard saved Gia's life. But you know what I also lost count on? The amount of subscriptions that I have. If signing up for subscriptions were a federal crime, I would never get a free trial because I would never cancel on time. And then I'd be in federal prison. Well, that's how it works. <laughs> but even with this show that we're talking about today, Marry My Husband, it is only available on Prime Video. And if you don't have a subscription, but you're like, I need to watch this show. Listen, that happens to me every single time. I watch a trailer that gets me on the very edge to the point where I'm salivating to watch that show. I feverishly look up the show name and it's only available on one very specific platform that for some reason... I'm not subscribed to, but they have a seven day free trial, right? No problem, right? I'll just watch it and then cancel it, right? Wrong. First of all, I don't even trust myself to remember to empty the dishwasher. So what kind of delusion do I have that I'm going to remember to cancel a whole subscription? But let's say a miracle happens and I do remember. Why is it physically impossible to cancel subscriptions in the United States of America? Like there's not a single subscription that I was able to cancel easily or in less than like, I don't know, 27 minutes approximately. But there is hope for us. And that is Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and helps lower your bills. Using Rocket Money is like using cheat codes in real life. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I just cancel it with one click. That's it. So if you were inactive with a subscription, but you're still paying for it, Rocket Money will even try to get you a refund and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is press a few buttons and send Rocket Money your receipts. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com baking. That's rocketmoney.com baking. Rocketmoney.com baking. Meanwhile, Michael goes home and goes hard as a mother forker in the gym. He's sprinting on a treadmill, like inching the speed higher and higher, screaming like a pro athlete. Ah! I guess a friend of his walks up behind him and the gym bro is like, why are you so full of energy today? I hit a home run, baby. Ah! 
<laughs> what? With your girlfriend's friend? Michael's friend said that a little too loudly. So Michael stops the treadmill and looks over. Shut up. Someone can hear you. Holy shit. Seriously? But she's our best friend. Michael's so proud of himself. I'll tell you in one sentence what happened. Autumn is coming and the night air is see. What? Bro, I don't know. Michael walks over to the chest press machine and he keeps trying to lift the weight, but his weak man child arms can't even get it up an inch. So he tries to play it off. What the? Okay, let me try again. And then he keeps doing that while the gym bro is just standing there. Can you handle the consequences of this? You work in the same office. And Michael looks at him and he goes, oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) And the next day he gets to work and he sees an email on his computer and he's so pissed. He and Stacy have to go represent UNK at the tasting event at a supermarket. And Gia comes up behind him. Oh, you're going to Joe Mart? It'll be tiring. Oh, why me? Shouldn't you go instead? All right. You and Stacy fought. And Gia's like, don't be fucking talking nonsense. I'm an assistant manager, you low-level employee. I have a presentation with Mrs. Yang today. A presentation? Then the slides must be ready, right? I'll do it. He stands up, super eager. Richard hears Michael getting riled up and walks over to assert his authority all over him. Is there a problem, sir? Nope, not at all. And he sits his ass back down on the chair. Stacy and Michael start heading out. And instead of heading straight to the door, Stacy walks over to Gia's desk before leaving and she slides something underneath her arm. A pink letter designed with hearts and it says, love forever. I'll get going now, Miss Kang. Hmm? Because remember, she was like, don't call me Gia at work. Call me Miss Kang. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So now she's saying, I'm going to get going to my little assignment, Miss Kang. And she's trying to play nice. Yes. Gia's not sure what to think just yet. But Mrs. Yang sees her inspect the card and said, Stacy's so hardworking. She works so hard. I hope she becomes a full-time employee this time. Wow. Gia barely smiles and opens the letter. To my other half, Gia, I'm sorry I didn't know how you felt. You're everything to me, and I think it made me blind to your feelings. I just blindly believed you loved me. I didn't think about whether I deserved your love. So everything you said and everything you feel towards me, it's all my fault. Still, can't you forgive me? You're too precious to me, and I can't live without you. I'm going to wait until you feel better. So if I knock and you ever want to reopen your closed heart to me, will you just smile for once as if nothing ever happened? Because you're my other half, and we can't just end things like this. Gia heads outside with the letter and reads it over and over. And Richard joins her and brings her a cup of coffee because like I said, this man is a walking Nespresso machine. If I hadn't seen the end, would I have been able to not be swayed after reading a letter like this? She hands him the letter. She's a good writer. Maybe she really means it. I guess for Gia, it's hard to believe the truth over and over again. Like Stacy is not her friend, but I think I would also be conflicted too, or maybe just hopeful. Like, cause I think it's easier if she's hopeful. If she, if she could just be like, you know what? Things have changed and go back to regular life. It's so much easier. And while Richard and Gia sit at the table with Stacy's letter in hand, Stacy and Michael are heading over to Joe Mart. They get to the parking lot and they start grabbing boxes to take inside. And Stacy grabs a box and lets Michael watch her walk away. And she's doing the most right now. She's literally swinging her hips side to side. <laughs> she knows he's a nasty, nasty little boy who's going to watch. So she turns her head slightly to make sure that he knows that she knows he's staring at her ass. 
So the tasting event is at a grocery store called Joe Mart, and Michael and Stacy both have to advertise meal kits. But not only that, they have to oversee a handful of staff that are doing the live demonstrations throughout the day. They got to keep things supplied. They have to take surveys from the customers. They have to get demographics from the customers. They're telling staff what to do. It's a lot going on, right? So Michael gets the rest of the boxes from the car, but we see that there's one piece of signage that he forgets to grab. The sign says, contains allergens. Michael rushes inside to start telling people where to set up and Stacy is watching the chef prepare the creamy tteokbokki and she decides that she needs to quality test it. So she grabs a bowl, serves herself, but oopsie! She drops a little bit of cream sauce right on her hand and Michael is staring at her like a feral animal that can't look away. He has to see what she does next because this is a fucking episode of Animal Planet. <sighs> Stacy does not disappoint because she notices him staring, locks eyes with him, slowly brings her hand to her mouth and <laughs> licks it off like a cat cleaning herself. At this oh. point, Michael's about to become creamy tteokbokki in his pants. Oh. <laughs> he's looking like no she did not his little wee wee cannot handle this type of torture michael is fighting demons but he has to finish setting up at least so he grabs his little clipboard and checklist and rounds everyone together to announce the plan for the day michael turns his head because something caught his eye and she's at it again stacy goes over to the side and she bites a hairband then she grabs her hair and pushes it up in a ponytail honestly is it really that seductive what is it when like girls tie their hair Ch try it <laughs> <laughs> okay ready maybe we go reverse Ooh la la. thank you <laughs> wow 10.99 for the show hand it over big bucks 10.99 yeah 1100 oh my you're so hot. <laughs> but this, to Michael, this is all he needs. His blood is flowing. He completely forgets what he's talking about. And he looks back at the team members just staring at him. Hello, you forgot. You literally stopped giving us instructions mid-sentence. Stacy looks at him and just shrugs. I'll go get the allergy sign. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, team, let's do two groups. Um, um, we have to check preferences to... I need to go pee. And he just throws the clipboard at them. He literally cannot control it. He throws the clipboard at them, races for Stacy, and the staff is like, uh, Mr. Park? And a grocery store worker asks them, have you guys started yet? What are you guys doing? You guys are supposed to start at nine. So the staff are left with no clue what to do, but things quickly go downhill. Michael rushes to the storage room and finds Stacy sitting on a crate scribbling in her little notebook. What are you doing? Can you check this? Stacy hands over her notebook without even looking his way. What the... What is this? What do you think? <laughs> they find a little staff bathroom. Meanwhile, Michael and Stacy are fucking around. Gia is actually putting her whole pussy into the meal kit project. She's doing a presentation in front of a room full of higher ups, including Richard and Mr. Lee, the right hand man. We'll start the brief on Chef's Table, the meal kit project sent to launch next year. The winner of one dinner, Lee Gwang Min's chicken dish, will be the pilot product. Production will begin in the first quarter, it'll launch in the second quarter, and then we have Daniel Kim, a traditional chef, who will launch third quarter. After the presentation, Mrs. Yang, the married woman, finds Mr. Lee, the right-hand man at the elevators. And like, you know, they've got history as the vibe. Mm -hmm. She goes up to him. Sir, um, thank you for trusting me for letting me take over this project. Mr. Lee just stares at her. I mean, I guess you didn't trust me. You just didn't have any other choices considering the circumstances because manager Kim was fired. I I'm sure that's why you suggested that I would be the lead on this. But still, I guess I'm still very thankful that you chose me anyway. And I just I just wanted to say thank you. 
She's realizing how stupid she sounds. And Mr. Lee looks irritated that she's still talking. And he says, that's not why. I thought you'd be capable of doing it. Pardon? And finish your sentences. Don't trail off whenever you speak. Just say with your full chest, thank you. Oh, yes, sir. And when you get both good and bad feedback, remember the good one too. I said you'd be capable of doing it. Like, then he gets in the elevator. It's not flirting, but it's also not not flirting, you know? Bro, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. There's some tension going on? There's some tension. There's some tension. I feel like after that, I would cry, but I'd be like, I think he's in love with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Guys, don't be doing this at work. If someone is giving you this feedback at, oh, at work, don't go home and go, no, I think they're in love with me. <laughs> Anyway, it's interesting to see their dynamic. I think that they're going to be big pieces in the puzzle later on. Mrs. Yang just gives really timid and insecure and her relationship with her husband kind of reminds me of Gia and Michael's relationship. So very fascinating. Meanwhile, Michael and Stacy are currently using the restricted staff-only back room as their chamber of indecency. She wants to milk him for all he's worth, which is not much. And I mean that literally and figuratively. Michael is way too desperate. Stacy loves to see it. Stacy locks the door behind her and uses two fingers, places them on Michael's chest, and then slowly pushes him up against the wall. And he's like <laughs> falling back as if her two fingers are made of fucking Thor's hammer level strength and he's like oh, falling up against the wall panting like a dog struggling to get his blazer off and flailing shit around the room and she pins him up the wall and starts yanking his tie off and then pulls his collared shirt and the notebook is sitting beside them and it shows what Stacy had written in the storage room remember she showed him her, her little notebook uh -huh. it just says I want to do it I want to do it like a hundred times she want to do it yeah and while Stacy is unbuttoning his shirt, which is taking way too much time, by the way, he grabs her face to kiss him, but she backs him up, pushes him off, and she says, wait, what, why, what are you going to do? What? You wanted to do it, so let's do it. What are you going to do about us? I feel like you're playing with me. I'll just live with you both. What? What? Aren't you two like sisters? In the old days, competent men lived with the sisters. It's nothing. Ah! He tries to keep the ball rolling by diverting her and pushing her up against the wall, but she's completely over it now. Damn it, just get off of me. Come on, just give me a second. But then he pulls out his phone and he realizes he's been getting call after call. He didn't even realize how long he's been gone. And he starts sprinting back into the supermarket and everybody's screaming, pointing. There's a man on the ground. His face is blistered red and his throat is wheezing and his wife is screaming for help. Michael runs over. Excuse me, I'm the one in charge. What's going on? My husband's allergic to pine nuts, but there wasn't any allergy signs. What are we going to do? Remember, Michael and Stacy look at each other because they realize they both royally screwed up. The, right before all of this in the storage room, she was supposed to get the allergen sign. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael starts working on damage control. So he calls an ambulance. He's in damage control. Stacy and Michael end up at the hospital with the man that's on the hospital bed from his allergies. He's got an epi shot, so he's not going to die, but he might sue you and Kay. <laughs> <laughs> they stand over his hospital bed and they keep bowing and bowing. And honestly, Stacy doesn't even look that upset. Michael looks like very frantic. You must have been so scared, sir. And I'm, I, it's, it's, it's impossible to make up for something like this, but we have to apologize over and over again. The man's wife is not having it. How could a big company like you and Kay make such a mistake? I just don't get it. We're very, very sorry. I'm so sorry. 
Michael is really like painting on the remorse, but Stacy, she's just standing there staring at them. And finally, the man looks up at his angry wife and says, let it go, sweetie. Nothing's happened. It's okay. I got the epi shot. Things like this can happen. They're young. They're working. But just remember for next time. The wife says, since it's us, just us, we'll let it go. Now, if my kids were here, they would not. We apologize one more time, please. Michael squeezes his eyes shut and he walks over to the receptionist and swipes his credit card. So he's paying for the ambulance, the hospital fee, and he gave them like a check in his name, like a small, tiny little check, maybe like a few hundred bucks, okay? But still, he's not getting compensated from the corporate office for this because they're not letting the corporate office know. Mm. And he walks over to Stacy. Wow, the ambulance fees and hospital bills and the compensation. If he had such a dangerous allergy, shouldn't he have been more careful? Everyone likes money. You know, if the company finds out about this, it'll be bad for us. Paying them off was the easiest thing to do. Still, Opa, you have to spend so much of your own money. It's okay, because it's me, Opa. I've gotten a good return on my stock. He's saying, I've got a good return on my stocks. And exactly in that moment, behind Stacy is the TV and the news anchor is actually announcing how much money Michael has made. The CEO of TKU has fled the country and has started a political emergency. TKU has officially tanked. Gia is out in the city looking at the news as it's being announced with a huge smile on her face. And the next morning, Michael runs in to yell and just brings Gia into the conference room and is yelling, what do I do? Seriously, damn it. And he's slamming his hands on the table and Gia's acting stupid. How about you sell everything? Sell the stocks. Who's gonna buy it? I already put it up for sale, but everyone's trying to sell right now. Then what, do, what else can you do? The transaction, uh, what, why are you asking all these questions? You're so annoying. Oh, sorry. Then does that mean you can't even get a cent? <sighs> Gia, the situation is much more serious than you think. Okay. I used credit. <laughs> credit. Oh my goodness. So what does that mean? Then what do you have to do? Oh, what's the point of talking to you right now? Michael puts his fist up like he wants to break her face, but Gia's phone rings and she says she has to leave ASAP. So Gia gets out of the conference room. She's on the phone with Richard. And Michael is like, that fucking idiot. The credit isn't even the important part. I even took out a private loan. And he starts crying in the conference room. But Gia already knows that he took out a private loan because he did that in the past. She knows exactly to what extent he goes since this all panned out before. And she's on the phone with him, with Richard. He didn't mention the private loan. He didn't before either, though, in the past life. He never says things that hurt his ego or pride. He's not the type. Well, just in case, keep an eye out on him. And while Gia walks away, Michael licks his wounds by going to see Stacy in the storage closet. He lost all his money, so he figures now's a pretty good time to settle down with Gia for money, you know? But he needs to tie up loose ends with Stacy so that she doesn't ruin it all. No. <sighs> Stacy, I loved you. What are you doing? Is our, I wonder if it's our fate to be a threesome. Uh, but when it comes to just the two of us, I don't think it's in our cards. Are you possessed? I don't even know what you're talking about right now. I'm going to marry Gia. If you and I had more time, I would have completely fallen for you. But this fate puts the brakes down. So, annyeong. Which is goodbye. And he pushes her hair behind her ear. But before he walks away, he turns around. And Stacy says, So keep my mouth shut. Is that what you're saying? What? She walks up to him again. She looks like Ted Bundy. I won't say anything, Michael. Don't worry. I just want you to be happy. Happy? 
she's looking at him with evil eyes of happiness and he's terrified, but what is he going to do about it? So after work, Michael actually gets Gia to go out with him for dinner and soju and he's wallowing. He's knocking back the soju. Why does life suck so bad? Drink slowly. Hey, do you like me, Gia? Gia almost forgets to smile. <laughs> of course I do. Thank you for liking someone like me. You said to drink slowly, so I should drink slowly. And I'm sorry. I wanted to marry you next year, but what's left is the Han River for me. I'm going to go die now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Gia's inner thoughts are, wow, he's really going to ask me for money in this way. Okay. But she's got nothing left to say. And he can tell it's not working. So he just goes, ash, and grabs the soju bottle and starts chugging it. And it's able to get a little reaction out of her. She goes, you're young. You can earn it again. And I'm in no rush to get married anyway. And he hears her say that. And instead of gulping down the soju, he spits it out all over the floor like a water fountain. Hey, you can't say that. Think about your age. What about kids? Michael, you don't even want any kids. You're very important to me. You're more important than kids. He thinks to himself, that's true. So to ramp up the stakes, he switches his angle. I'm a third generation only son. How can I think of just myself? I can't break that. We need to make a son. That's true, Michael. Then what should we do? She's really good, okay? He falls right into her trap. He takes another swig of soju, swishes it in his mouth like mouthwash, and gives it all he's got. Gia, should we get married? I can't give you a glamorous life like I planned, but we'll be a better family tomorrow than we are now. I promise. Family? Family. Michael thinks to himself, I know she gets weak when I mention the word family. Gia thinks to herself, what a crappy way to say that you'll sponge off me for a life. You call that a fucking family? But as they think to themselves, Michael starts to get angsty. It took courage for me to say that. Hello? Are you going to answer me? What's wrong with you? Is it because I'm broke now? You don't respect me? You're not that type of snob. But somehow, Gia gets away with just munching on a carrot and giving him a smile. Afterwards, Gia grabs her bags and heads out with Richard. She's telling him everything that happened at dinner. How funny, right? He wants to marry me without a single penny. No, he just wants to marry me now that he's broke. This is the same as before. He proposed to me saying he'd invest with his parents' money. My debt started to get bigger and then it just went south. But he was the person I chose, so I thought that we'd work it out together. <sighs> he was selfish, huh? Anyway, all my choices are backwards, so I'm just going to redo everything. The two are walking through the Korea University campus where they both went to college and they're meeting for another judo practice with Richard's two buddies. Remember Sam and Fred? Now Gia passes the little dirt patch before the cement sidewalk where she used to spend a lot of time with the kitty, the little kitten. And she says, when I was in college, I used to feed a stray orange tabby kitten and I wanted to bring him home, but I was so scared. I couldn't raise him properly. And then the cat disappeared one day. It was a cold winter and I regretted it so much then. I mean, he was so tiny, like, this big, but he had such a temper. He hated people. So I didn't think that anyone took him. I just. <sighs> what? Richard sits there and he starts opening up. To tell you the truth, I was discharged earlier after college. It was similar to a car accident. Similar to a car accident? Are you okay? So in college, we know that Richard ended up with a cat, but we never found out why. So he was walking to class one day and remember that little kitten that both of them were feeding? Well, it was, it had its cute little booty out in the middle of the road and it's just meowing and too tiny, too small to realize that there's a fucking 6,000 pound vehicle coming straight at it. Richard sees the car, drops his backpack and throws himself in front of the car to save the kitten. Luckily, the car sees him and is able to stop just inches from hitting him, but he did hurt himself. 
Yeah, I'm fine. I ruptured my knee ligaments. I jumped in front of a car to save a cat. I didn't get hit though, so it's okay. Wait, so this was in college, which means the cat that you're raising right now, it was the winter of 2005. A cheesy tabby cat with a bad temper that hates people. <laughs> and Gia is too stunned to speak. She can't take her eyes off Richard. Like this is too good to be true. So they decide they need to go see the cat immediately. They just leave Richard's friends who are wrestling and they look over and they're gone. And they're like on top of each other on the ground. And they're like, where did they go? Okay, they left without saying goodbye. And this is like the cutest moment. Gia finally gets to reunite with her little best friend. And Richard is like, He's freaking out. They're all freaking out. Gia is like, was that you? It was you all along. I thought you looked familiar. It's you. It's 201-30419. My passcode to the house. Come anytime. Ah. Really? Here's Can my I? bank account number. The Let's code see. is 1234. 1234. There you go. Ah. Gia's talking to the cat and she's like, oh my God. Let's see each other more often. You're so cute. So they play with the kitty for a while. That sounds dirty. They play with the cat for... (laughs) They're hanging out and Richard's on the couch and he's like, either way, Mr. Park needs to get married now, right? Yes, since he needs to get money from his family. His debts are probably around $400,000 in total right now, maybe more. It was worthwhile lending him my money to make him go all in with TKU. But at this rate, I don't think he's going to give up marrying you. So I came up with a new plan. Although that means I have to get over his crappy proposal and live through it again. (sighs) She's talking to the cat. It's going to be so annoying for me, right? But if I want to live a very long life, I need to work very hard. He proposed on my birthday. Everything he did back then was a little bit more tolerable, but I still hated that, the proposal. So we get a flashback to the crappiest birthday party I've ever witnessed. Like, I don't like saying that because parties don't have to be expensive to be special, but Michael is literally competing with Satan himself to see how low the bar will go. The party is just decorations in our apartment. Nobody else was invited. The decorations are just some deflated balloons that he popped, like, taped to the wall. Oh my God, I think I saw a TikTok on this. And the cake is not a cake. It's a sandwich. It's like Uh, an egg sandwich. But on one side, there's Nutella on top. And there's like lettuce leaves sticking out. And there's like two candles on it. Ah! And then there's a sign that says, will you me marry me? Me marry me. A fucking typo. For fuck's sake. And poor Gia didn't have the heart in the past. So she half-heartedly blew out the two candles on her birthday sandwich and apparently said yes to the shit utterly tragic proposal. And in present day, she's gagging just thinking about it. I have to see that again. Terrible, right? She's talking to the cat. It's my first birthday after being reborn and that's what I have to see. Richard makes a face like he's planning something expensive. Something that's gonna piss his grandpa off, okay? And we see Gia outside a mansion and there's aerial drones flying in the night sky. Hundreds of them lift into the air and form into a design. A blue diamond heart, a yellow kitten, and the words spring day. And she's just staring at the sky. So it's like a laser show, but with drones. Like just out in the public and... Wait, what? Like at a mansion. She's in a mansion's backyard and in the sky. And she's standing there by herself in amazement. I mean, technically aerial drones have become a huge thing in Korea. But in 2013, it's still in its early stages. And it seems like Richard was actually investing in a company that does this. And his grandpa was kind of 
pissed off about it. Anyway, side note, doesn't really matter right now. And on top of that, he's got fireworks going off and she knows this is Richard's doing because spring day, Richard, come on. But instead of Richard, Michael comes up behind her, dressed in a proper black suit, hair slicked back. He even filled in his eyebrows and put on BB cream and Gia looks stunned, grossed out. Michael, what is all? Shh. Puts his finger to her lip. Don't say anything. Tonight's for you, my princess. Wait, I'm confused. Is it Michael or Michael's proposing, but Richard did it for her because he doesn't want her to see that shitty proposal again. But she knows she has to be proposed to. It's part of her plan Uh to be engaged to him. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. He just didn't want her to live through that again on her birthday. Okay, the shitty cake. Yeah. He pushes her hair behind her ear and kneels down on one knee and pulls out a little blue box with a okay engagement ring now i don't judge people's engagement rings the reason i say this one's okay is because it's smaller than the diamond on stacy's neck so like what the fuck is that okay the drones change formation and all of a sudden it spells out will you marry me and we can all take a big sigh of relief because rich daddy richard would never misspell those words for gia it doesn't say me (laughs) Ari. and michael says i love you and she pans over to look at Hannah, Mrs. Yang, Stacy, and Richard all standing on the side, clapping and cheering her on. She pulls the ring out of the box and Michael gets up to slide it on her finger. And Gia looks happy and her acting needs to be perfect. Everybody is watching and every single person ends the episode with their own thoughts. Richard's inner thoughts are, I'll do everything I can for you, Gia. Michael's inner thoughts are, she won't know this is cubic, right? It's not like she'll toss it. It's not even diamond? No. Stacy's in her thoughts. I'm never going to let them get married. Gia's in her thoughts. I bet you hate to see me happy. And she smiles, locks eyes directly with Stacy and says to herself, Yes, please use whatever means necessary to marry my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for part three. Guys, I'm going to try to finish the show this month. Every Mondays, you know where I am. I'll be right here. But I I will try. Maybe I'll have like a, maybe I'll give you a surprise Tuesday episode or something. I don't know. This is good. This is good. Do you guys like, I was going to try to summarize it more, but it's so good. Every scene is so good. Uh, Guys, let me know in the comments. What are your thoughts? Let me know. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you guys in the next one. Oh.